Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, and now we have an Arsenal Club update where, of course, we have Steve joining us from Find Pub Sport. Uh, it's actually been a little while since we've had you on, so I guess we'll just lead in with uh, anything that's really been happening at Arsenal of late. This was meant to be kind of transfer-oriented as it's happening on deadline day, but doesn't really seem like there's going to be any movement on that front. Um, no, not not a great deal of movement. We've got this new lad in, don't know if you've heard of him, by the name of uh, Danny Welbeck. Mm. Um, he's going to be our biggest... like a new signing, unquote. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just like a new signing. We're, we're good at that, Arsenal. Um, we have a lot of new signings in the second half of the season, usually, um, because everybody manages to get injured in November. Um but yeah, so he's come back, obviously made an impact in the FA Cup the other day, which is excellent to see. Um, and yeah, not not bad news at all, um, all told, because because uh, he could be a very, very valuable squad member going forwards, I think. But um, on the transfer front, um, I know that we brought in a defender from non-league, um, which will be interesting to see how he develops. Um if if he has a future at the club at all, we'll obviously see what happens there. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing. Um, it's actually been as an Arsenal fan. Obviously, the last few transfer windows, there's been a massive push to sign, sign, sign. And this one, even from the fans, has been a relatively quiet one because I think even the fans, even the most ardent of fans who want to see the club succeed, realise that. This is actually a squad that has the strength in depth that many feel was missing. Um, so yeah, I think we, we're pretty much covered on all uh, portions of the pitch, mm. um, two or three players deep. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't expect there'll be any massive surprises um, by the close of play today. Of course, if you're not listening to this on transfer deadline mm-hmm. day and, and at midnight we've signed Wayne Rooney. Um, a, I will be crying, and uh, B, I will have been wrong. So, uh, so yeah, not <laughs> expecting much. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the fact that no, none of the big clubs made a significant splash, even if it was the right decision or not, sometimes teams have to follow that wave just to quote-unquote keep up. Um, but the fact that nobody did, I think, is, is fairly telling. I mean, the, possibly the biggest move of the big clubs was Gabby Jesus to Man City, but that was technically in the summer. He's just showing up now. Um, mm. So, yeah, interesting that none of the big clubs really doubling down at this stage. Uh, the last time we had you on, it could have been two times ago, we were talking about how Giroud and Alexis just haven't 
worked together and that it wasn't working chemistry-wise. The team and build-up seemed to be slower when they played together, but that certainly has not seemed to be the case of late. Uh, what do you think has led to that adaptation by the two of them? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know whether it's just a case of confidence. Uh, they obviously have been playing together for a bit longer now. They know um, how each other plays a bit more, probably a bit more familiar um, with what's what. Um Obviously, at the time we were playing, I think back when we last spoke, which was quite a while ago, we were playing Alexis up front pretty much every game and Giroud was working his way back in. But then once he worked his way back in, he kept scoring goals and it's difficult to drop a striker who keeps scoring goals. Um, I think, personally, if there was one thing that is gonna that it's got to come down to, I think it's that Giroud maybe feels like he has a point to prove, a point that he hasn't had to before. For years, we've always... As Arsenal fans, the the one of the main gripes has been that we don't have enough strength in depth in the striking position, and that Giroud has looked jaded and tired by this stage of the season before. Um, whereas now he seems to be confident, he's able to fire on all cylinders, and he knows he's got backup if he needs it. Um, in the shape of uh, Alexis, or now well back, as I mentioned before. Um, Walcott's chipping in with goals. Lucas looks very very good. He was involved in. A lot of the um, chance creation on the weekend against Southampton. Um, so I, I just think it's a case of he's had to up his game to get back into the team and he knows that. Um, there's a lot less of the slightly annoying Giroud falling over and wagging his finger at the ref going on these days. He just gets up, gets on with it, and that seems to have um, helped his game. Um, and yeah, not least of which, it was Alexis to Giroud that's, that has that scorpion kick goal of the season candidate um, to thank for. So to be to be honest, it just seems like they've they've clicked. I think Giroud's got something to prove, um, and uh, Alexis, well, he's he's world class, isn't he? So he can play anywhere. So if he's up front, he'll score goals. If he's out wide, he'll score goals and make goals. So um, I think it really. A lot of people were worried about it as a combination, but it seems to have clicked now. And sometimes these things just take time, I guess, like a fine wine. <laughs> Indeed. Um, apparently, Wenger came out and mentioned that this may be the best attacking side he's had. Do, do you think that's true? Or do you think it's just kind of, you have to say that to your current squad because the old squad isn't there? Um, I think there's elements of both. I think individually, you would have to say of course, that players from the Invincibles era, era um, principally among them Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp, were, are, were technically as good as any of the players that we have here. But I don't know whether he means just strength in depth. Um, because mm. once you... in that Back in those days, in the good old days, as we call them, um, not so much for you, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but back then, it was... Um, it was Burkamp and Henri, and then backing them up, you had. It was quite. A, it was a big gap to the to the next. Like we had Jose Reyes, who was around for about fifteen minutes, and he was good while he was here, but he didn't seem to have quite the guts for the Premier League, if you like. Um, Will Todd was sort of there or thereabouts still, but in this squad now, when Alexis was playing up front, he was scoring. 
when Giroud is playing up front, he's scoring goals. Before Walcott got injured, he was scoring goals and he was out for a while. Now he's back and he's scoring goals again. Welbeck's just come back from injury and he's scoring goals. Um, Lucas Perez looks very, very good. So in terms of strength in depth, um, I feel confident regardless of who plays across those front, front three at the moment. Uh, even um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, he, although he's got it in his locker to have a shocker of a game, he has also got it in his locker to be one of the outstanding players on the pitch on his day. Um, so as an attacking squad, you could definitely argue that this is the most options he's ever had because although they may not be as good as the Invincibles attack, there weren't really options then. You basically just had to play Thierry Henry and Burkamp because they picked themselves. Whereas these guys, if um, if Giroud doesn't score for two or three games, then he'll be, he'll be put on the bench. Alexis will go up front and Lucas might get a look in on that left-hand side in the Premier League. So I think perhaps as a squad rotation, it is the strongest we have had, um, if not the strongest individual players. Mm, a very interesting point there. Uh, you mentioned uh, Wenger in there a few times. So it's the big question on every non-Arsenal's fan's mind at all time. What is the fan's current opinion of Wenger and what do you think his short and long-term future holds? <laughs> um, the, fa- the fan's current opinion of Wenger is quieter than it has been, obviously in the not-so-good times. Um, but it simmers below the surface um i don't know if you obviously you might not pay as much you probably don't pay as much attention to the arsenal results as i do but a little while ago we were on quite a good run and then we managed to lose two games back to back to everton and man city and at that point as soon as we faltered against what were two good sides but we didn't perform well in either game suddenly the knives are out and since then we've had a run of much better games Granted, um, against opposition, you would expect us to be picking up points against, but we have picked up points as we've gone along. Um, so quite often with late goals. Um, and the one result in there that wasn't so good, because, I mean, we, we battered Swansea, obviously we battered Southampton in the FA Cup as well, but also beat um, Burnley... Palace, uh, West Brom, I think, in that sort of run. The only blot on that copybook since those two results and in the run-up to this game with Chelsea at the weekend, um, we've got Watford tonight, of course, as well, um, speaking on Tuesday, um, was when we were 3-0 down to Bournemouth and managed to get back to 3-all, which is a blot in terms of a result. And I wasn't wasn't really sure how to feel after that because we shouldn't be 3-0 down to Bournemouth but the fact that we were and we still managed to get a point out of it, I think, proves that this Arsenal team perhaps aren't quite as brittle as some might have you believe, which is a reflection of the manager. Um, I think he's put a good squad together for this season. Um, and what happens next year will depend on what happens at the end of this year. I think if we can put a, a title-challenging season together, even if we don't win it, if we can, and if we can get deep into the FA Cup again, then I think that he might sign on for a, another year or two. Um, 
but it, it it all depends. It all depends on how those results go up until the end of the season, and then he'll play it by ear from there. Um, the fact is, he doesn't owe the club anything at this point. Like he's still, in spite of the the what you would term a dry spell, he is still the club's most successful manager in history, and I think people forget that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think at the moment the mood is a sort of wait and see mood, wait and see from the fans. Um, and if we get a couple of bad results, I'm sure the knives will be out again. But at the moment, we're second in the league, and only Chelsea are ahead of us, who have had a phenomenal season so far, um, with one one little blip early on. Um, yeah, and then it will be wait and see for Wenger as well, because um, I think the decision. The, everything that's been coming out of the club seems to suggest that the decision hasn't been made. Um, and if it has been made to stay, I don't know why they wouldn't let us know. So um, I can only I could understand them not letting anybody know if he was planning to leave because that can destabilise a squad um, and, and particularly this squad, which does have possibly the best chance in recent memory of... of really challenging for that title. So we don't want to be doing that. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I imagine if we're within a couple of points at the top and manage to win the FA Cup, that he'll stick around again. Um, but if we fall away and get knocked out by Sutton in the next round of the FA Cup, <laughs> um, then uh, then he may well not be here next season. Interesting. I was also thinking if it goes super well, if you got a title, that might be a nice note to leave on. Yeah, a part of me sort of wants him to win the title, then turn around to all the Arsenal fans who have been saying Wenger out all this time, who by that point will obviously be going Wenger in. <laughs> uh, they'll be going, Wenger, we love you, Wenger. I just want him to turn around and stick up two middle fingers and then walk off into the sunset. That would be hilarious. <laughs> like, I would, I would find that very, very funny. Um, and fair play to him if he did do that. Unfortunately, Arsene Wenger is much more of a gentleman than I am, so uh, I, I'm sure he wouldn't do that. But um, but I can hope. I can hope. Yeah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. It's interesting talking about his fate because it's been linked in the media to the fates of both Otzel and Alexis Sanchez and a potential long-term contract. What, what is your opinion on how that's all going to sort out? Um, again, it's all just it's all just up in the air. I think... There are pros and cons for each of them. Erzil um, has said that if Arsene Wenger doesn't stay, he won't stay because Arsene Wenger is the reason why he signed for the club and that's been well publicised anyway. Um, so again, it's all up in the air. It depends on whether Arsene Wenger stays. Um, obviously, there's always the outside chance that he might just be using it as a bit of a tactic to try and get more money out of the club. And a lot of they've come in for a lot of criticism, to be, to be honest, from again, from Arsenal fans. Um, not all Arsenal fans, but some. Um, but the fact is, you've got to look at the market. You've got to look at the effect 
that players like Paul, Bog- Paul Pogba are having, for example, at Manchester United or Wayne Rooney, who are on ridiculous money. And they're not having as much of an effect for that club as Ozil and Sanchez are at Arsenal. So I think where the, um, where the tug of war is happening is that the Arsenal board and the Arsenal stru- pay structure is looking at it from an internal perspective. We can't, we can't have two players who are that far ahead of everyone else in terms of the pay because then if we do, then what are the other players going to start asking for when their contracts come up? But the players themselves are looking externally and saying, well, if Paul Pogba is on £250,000 a week and Wayne Rooney is on £250,000 a week, I should be on £250,000 a week. Um, and there are arguments on both sides of that because you know it's all dictated by what's going on in the market, both internally and externally. Um, what I would say is that if they do get the 250 grand a week or whatever they're asking for and the, and the other Arsenal players start to complain, then they need to start playing as well as we know Sanchez and Ozil can. And then they'll, they'll have an argument. They'll be able to say, well, I'm doing as much as they are. Um, so, you know, we, we will um, we'll see how it all plays out. But I suspect, I don't know which way round, I don't know which way round it is, but I expect one will stay, one will go. I don't think we'll keep them both, sadly. Mm-hmm. As an outsider, it just seems to me that it would probably be more likely that Alexis stays, who seems super committed and is largely carrying, uh, well, not not now, now the whole team's playing well, but even when the team wasn't playing well, he was kind of carrying the attack on his own. And also mm. just seems to be a step behind. Is that how you've seen it this year? Um, he started, it was funny actually, he started off the season on a hot streak, whereas last year he was assisting a lot of goals. He started off the season scoring a lot of goals um, and he seems to have fallen off a bit. I don't know whether he's a bit tired maybe or or whatever it might be um, or whether the contract thing is getting to him. Um, But he has been less important. But he's just one of those players where every now and again he'll just do something that nobody else would have done. Um, And while, I mean, he actually was um, instrumental in a lot of ways, in our win the other day against, I want to say, Burnley. Um, But in very subtle, uh, in a very subtle way, he kind of started in his usual position where he was playing right behind the striker, but we were really struggling to break Burnley down. And he actually started dropping a bit deeper and almost swapped with uh, one of the other central midfielders who, who moved forwards. And then he was playing, Urza was playing a little bit more like um, a bit more like a Santa Cazorla role where he was deeper and distributing from there. And it made a huge difference because then Burnley didn't know who to track. And then that was where the result came from um, in the end. Um, I think, I think it, 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 he does still make a huge difference. He just flies under the radar a little bit more because Alexis Sanchez, his passion is so obvious that it puts everybody in the shade, um, let alone just Ozil. Um, but I mean, I, and I do see your point. I think I think they both bring something very, very important to the team, and I'd be sorry to see either of them go. And I get your point about Sanchez um, looking like he's carrying the team and looking like he's super passionate. But to be perfectly honest, I think that you could put him on any football pitch in any shirt, and he would look <laughs> like that. Like you, you could put him anywhere. If he, I mean. 
even if he wasn't getting paid, if he was just playing Sunday league football, he's got that sort of attitude where he would play like that. Um, so I think it's just two very, very different approaches from from two very, very good players who have a very, they both have very different styles to them. Um, but ultimately, I'd I'd like them to both to both stay. And I think Arsenal can probably afford to keep them. I think the worry from the club is how then will other players react um, and will giving them a massive pay rise then influence every other contract negotiation that's going on. What's interesting actually is that while working um, with, while not announcing anything about Ozil and Sanchez, in recent weeks, a lot of our other mainstays, so people like Lauren Koscielny um, and uh, Olivier Giroud, players like that have been announced for new long-term deals. So I don't know whether the club are sort of trying to get the other mainstays who aren't in these the main two to sign on the dotted line and then so then they can say to the other two, Rep, we'll give you as much as you want because now nobody else can ask for more money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's good business or bad business, but either way, it wouldn't surprise me if that was sort of something that was on their mind because there are a lot of players there who they obviously want to keep. Um, it is a good squad, but those two are, are, are the focal points of what is a good squad. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. Um, lastly, uh, I don't know why I did this weirdly out of order, but uh, you mentioned that Wenger's fate could depend on how your season ends. If you had to guess right now if this is going to be one of those safe top four finishes or legitimate title-challenging finishes, where do you think that will lead? As you said, you are currently in second. Um, it's tough. It's tough to sort of... No, uh, 100%. I think the next couple of games, the next few games will sort of define that. Um, when we came out of that run, uh, that that we were on a good run, as, as I said before, and then we had that week where we lost to Everton and Manchester City, and we went from being, I think we were top of the league one Saturday night, granted it was before Chelsea had played. Uh, one Saturday night, we were top of the league after after a win. And then a week later, we were nine points behind them in fourth. And it's been that sort of season where at any given point, it seems like Man City were going to be unstoppable and now they've dropped off. And then Man United are on a run, but they, they're not consistent. The only team who have consistently put anything together are Chelsea. And even and I, there's something brittle about that. I might be completely wrong, but there, there feels to me, it feels to me like there's something brittle about the way Chelsea are playing and they can't do it for the whole year. Um, I thought it might be Diego, the whole Diego Costa's the China thing that might derail them a bit, but I just feel like there's something coming that's going to mean that they're going to have a week like our Everton and Manchester City week, two losses, and then suddenly they're right back in the pack. Um, and they have had this run recently where they've played Spurs, they've got to play Liverpool um, tonight or tomorrow, I think. Tonight. And then... It, Tonight, yeah, so they've got Liverpool tonight and then they've got Arsenal at the weekend. So that will could well define the shape of the rest of their season. And in the same way, since that run 
know, since that good run which we gave up at Everton and Manchester City, we've beaten West Brom, Crystal Palace, drawn at Bournemouth, um, got through two rounds of the FA Cup and won against Swansea and Burnley. So all, And we've got Watford tonight, so not taking anything for granted there. But we should, at home against Watford, with what our fresh players, thanks to the rotation for the FA Cup at the weekend, we should have the advantage there. So if we can win against Watford, we go into this Chelsea game on the back of a, a decent run of results. Confidence will be high. We're scoring a lot of goals, scoring a lot of late goals, and we're not giving up. So if we can take points off Chelsea at the weekend, then it's game on. And I do think that will define, that will be a sign as to whether or not we will um, be able to sustain that title challenge. So at the moment, the hopeful side of me says, yes, we can sustain a title challenge. Because apart from anything else, this this um, season seems to be very topsy-turvy. And I just think that Chelsea have got a rick in them at some point. Mm. Um, it's just going to be a case of who can keep pace. And at the moment, Arsenal are top of those clubs who are keeping pace. So the argument at the moment says that Arsenal have got to be amongst those who will be at the top. I, th- I do think it will be a comfortable top four season. Mm. Famous last words, but I do think <laughs> Arsenal will finish in the top four. Um, and if after all these years of finishing in the top four, we managed on this season of all seasons with what is our deepest squad to finish outside of the top four, that would be, that would definitely be the end of Wenger. Um, Speaking but, of the um, end of Wenger, something that neither of us have brought up is he won't actually be available for these matches because he was suspended. Do you think <laughs> that's going to have a significant yeah. impact on these? <laughs> um. The funny thing is, it very much, obviously, it didn't seem to have an an impact against Southampton. Um, And you you get a lot of people, obviously, you get a lot of people theorizing and having different opinions on things. And one of the things that Wenger sometimes gets a little bit uh, of stick for, which I think is slightly unfair, is that when he is on the sideline, he can't change a game. Like, it, it, it... and I don't think that's necessarily fair because there have been examples of him doing it. But some sometimes it's like, you know, the whole no plan B sort of thing. Um, and there is an argument. People have said that when he's in the stands, he sees it a bit more clearly from a tactical point of view. Um, so it will be in. It will be very interesting to see how that works against Chelsea because one of the games will obviously be the Chelsea game as well. So if we find ourselves under the cosh from Chelsea a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if he finds a way to switch it around and get some message down to the bench um, because that will be proof or not as to whether or not it's going to make any difference. But it didn't seem to make any difference so far. That's one game down. The next game is tonight against Watford. Um, and to be honest, the team should have enough and then that's 50% of the games complete. Um, and to be honest, even if... Even if, say, Arsenal lose against Chelsea at the weekend, which is obviously a, a, a strong possibility, I, I still just don't feel like this season is over yet. I'm sure the pundits will try and say Arsenal's season, season is over, just like they're saying that Liverpool's season is over. Or like, uh, you'll, you'll probably remember better than me, but a little while ago Tottenham had a run of, was it draws? Or they dropped points a couple of times in a row and suddenly their season was over, yeah, but now had, they're on a hot We had like four draws in a row. Yep. Yeah, so, so th- at that point, everyone was... But we were still undefeated. Suddenly... It was that strange thing where if, yeah. we had, if we had failed to pick up points, it would have been our fewest points in five matches under Poch. 
but mm. we were still undefeated. So it was like, uh, how yeah. angry can you really be? <laughs> yeah, so I think everybody this season just seems to be a bit up and down. And that consistency going into the last section of the season is is um, is going to be key. And part of me thinks, the hopeful part of me, as I say, thinks this squad is going to be able to stand the rotation um, until the end of the season. There's always going to be backup. And the fact that we scored so many late goals in the last 15 minutes of game shows that this squad has character. So if we can emulate that, scoring a lot of goals in the last 15 minutes of the of each game into scoring, getting a lot of wins in the last quarter of this season, then it's anybody's game. But then at the same time, we might go out of the Champions League in the next, we probably will go out of the Champions League in the next round. And then, as I said, get knocked out by Sutton United in what would be the biggest upset in FA Cup history. Um, and then suddenly find ourselves in fifth place. So, uh, um the worst thing about it is there are some Arsenal fans, I'm sure there are some Arsenal fans, that if that happened and it meant the end of Wenger, they'd be over the moon <laughs> rather than trying to support the team, hmm. um, which is kind of going off on a slight tangent. But at the moment, I'm hopeful. I'm enjoying watching Arsenal. They're playing some very good football. The game at the weekend against Southampton was brilliant. One or two of the touches that Welbeck had, considering that he it was his first start back was fantastic. It looks like Walcott's still got the uh, the finishing touch that he was displaying before his injury. So I think there are a lot of goals left in this this team. And now that Mustafi's got over his injury as well, um, it's pretty solid defence alongside Koscielny. So the squad is there. It's just whether it can stand up to the strength of... Um, of other squads and whether Chelsea do just run away with it or whether they have a, a, a week or two where they suddenly drop a couple of points and have to start looking over their shoulders again. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, a couple of the matches on the horizon, you have Watford. Uh, I think it's tomorrow. It could be tonight. We talked about this. Before. I think it's, no, it's tonight. It is uh, tonight at the Emirates. Yeah. Ah, well then there you go. Uh, Watford currently in a lot of upheaval. They've brought in some new players, but I don't think either of them are going to be available tonight. Uh, I'm assuming that you're looking at this pretty much as three points and anything less than that will be a disappointment. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you have to. I think it's not, it's not being disrespectful to any of the other Premier League teams because there's a reason they're in the Premier League, all of them, even Sunderland. Um, uh, but... Well, maybe not so much Sunderland, um, but yeah, the um, <laughs> I think you just you do have to respect um, every team that you come against, come up against, and if and it's if you don't respect them, where where teams sort of come unstuck. Um, however, given that over the weekend we didn't see at Southampton, Aaron Ramsey wasn't there, Francis Coquelin wasn't there, Olivier Giroud wasn't there, Koscielny wasn't there, Özil wasn't there. They were all, they weren't even on the bench. Um, Alexis came on towards the end. Um, so all those all those players should be nice and fresh coming back in um, to a team that is on a run and the confidence is high. Um, and then even if you think about whether or not Giroud starts because of, of Danny Welbeck and Theo Walcott, um, 
It's, it's, a, it's a great problem to have because Lucas played well the other night. I imagine Alexis will, well, Alexis has to start, really. And Alexis and Ozil are probably the first two names on the team sheet. But then around them, you could play any number of players um, based on form. Um, so, yeah, I think ultimately this Arsenal team is a team that has the ability to beat to beat Watford at home. It should have the ability to beat Watford at home. And then on to the Chelsea game on Saturday. And then, well, with that one, if toss a coin. See what happens. See which Arsenal turn up on the day. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, is it going to be the one who turned up against Man City and Everton? Or is it going to be the one who um, beat Chelsea 3-0 earlier this season? So... And anyway, that, that, that launched uh, Conte out rumours at the time. Yeah. Which that, seems well, so thing. funny now. That's how, that's how crazy um, this season has been. Because at the time they did, maybe that was their wobble. Because they weren't 100%, they weren't on, but then they went on that run, didn't they, of 13 straight wins. Yep. Nearly broke Arsenal's record. And You're welcome. <laughs> I was very pleased about that. Thank you very much. <laughs> kept you in the title um, race and kept them from breaking your record. <laughs> yes, there was that. There was that. All right, actually, just noticed that we've been going for uh, quite some time for a segment, nearing a full show. Uh, so we should get out of here. Uh, but why don't you tell the folks where they can reach you? Yeah, sorry about that. I do tend to talk a lot about Arsenal uh, when you get when I get going. Um, yeah, they can find me at Fine Pub Sport on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Um, FinePubSport.com. Uh, as well as a website in the UK where you can find nearby pubs that show live sport, which is going to be particularly good this coming weekend a with one or two spicy premier league games such as chelsea versus arsenal and the return of the six nations which may not matter quite so much to you kev but as a as a, also as a rugby <laughs> fan it's quite nice for me um but you can also um it's also worth saying that if you are interested in fitness at all i also work as a personal trainer um and if you want to get in touch with me at fine pub sport um, I will be happy to talk about putting together routines for people who struggle for, for gym routines or fitness routines or even stuff that you can do at home so that you can save yourself the money of going to the gym and paying a fee. Um, so, yeah, get in touch with Fine Pub Sport if that's of any interest. Um, otherwise, just keep looking at the website for places to for new places to watch your sport. It seems like a really good model you have there. Tell people to go to the pub to eat and drink and then tell them how to get back in shape. Absolutely. Monday to, <laughs> Monday to Friday, go to the gym. Saturday, let it all hang out. There you go. It's a cheat day. Everybody needs those. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Steve, so much for joining us and hope we get to speak soon. Yeah, likewise. Good to be back on. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.